Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Professionally Fit Radio. Professionally Fit is dedicated to female entrepreneurs and executives and professionals who are soaring in their fields and in their enterprises while still maintaining their health and wellness. At Professionally Fit, we help you to identify the direct correlation between your health and your career. Welcome to the show. I'll be your host and Professionally Fit founder, Miss Lisa A. Smith, joined as always by my super dope co-host, Miss Get Fit with Jay. Hey guys. On today's episode, we're deep diving into nutrition and chronic illness. If you've ever had any interaction with hypertension, high cholesterol, cancer, diabetes, type 1 or type 2, obesity, and want to know how that directly correlates with your nutrition, then this is the episode for you. We're going to be talking about how to flush toxins, sugar, diversifying your plate, genes and heredity we're deep diving into it all today we thought it was definitely time as the weather gets to changing and we're hanging out more and vacations time is coming up that we deep dive into nutrition we like to do a nutrition episode once every couple of months just to make sure you're staying on your toes and keeping the importance of your nutrition in the forefront of your mind Some of these things you've heard, some of these things you haven't, but the best way to implement healthy practices is to put them on repeat. It has to be repetitive. You have to hear these things. You have to see these things constantly. It's one thing to know something, but it's another thing to do something. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. So we're going to give you the knowledge today, and we encourage you to take that with you and implement it and really take back the, your health and really take control of your health as much as you can because it's more important than anything else that you can think of because without your health you can't do anything so we're going to deep dive into nutrition but first wait what wait what is our segment where jay and i talk about something we either saw heard or experienced in the last week that made us go wait what, what? So this week I was studying uh, plant-based nutrition and this particular module was talking about plant-based families and having babies and starting a family with regard to plant-based nutrition. Okay. And so lately, it's, it was interesting because lately, um, Troy, my fiance, has had like baby fever times 10 because mm-hmm. he just had a new niece who was just born a couple weeks ago. And so he's been mad crazy about her as he should. And then his cousin, he just, Troy just texted me the other day, like, if if my cousin and his wife have another baby, can we keep it? And I'm like, what? Whatever. Sure. Right? <laughs> just randomness. So he's been, like, baby crazy. And so it just so happened that a recent module that I was studying was talking about starting a family. And so he had been listening recently to some information about vaccinations. Okay. Now... Have you heard about you? Have you heard about good and bad things about vac- vaccinations? Because I think it's a big well debate. Yeah, I hear good and bad things, of course, because I hear it from the spectrum of the people that want to get the vaccinations, the doctors, and the people who you know, pretty much the pill pushers. Of course, they're going to say good things about. It. Then I have the people on the flip side that's saying, "Hey, vaccinations do this and they do that. They're against it." So I never know where to cut it off, it, right? You know, and what exactly is truthful and what exactly is not right i agree one of the things i've always heard about vaccinations as far as the cons is that it causes autism yes in children yes okay 
So Troy and I were recently talking about this this vaccination, this autism thing, and kind of going back and forth. Like, you know, if we have a baby, what we want them to get vaccinated. You know, we're trying to listen and hear both sides. So one of the things that they said in my module in my plant based course was that a lot of like most most of the time when women are when they get pregnant or thinking about starting a family, they know they have to give up alcohol. They know they have to give up smoking if they smoke, um, but oftentimes women don't think about how they have to change their diet mm-hmm. and men definitely don't think about it when they're thinking about starting a family no, not right at all. not at all job is done job is done right <laughs> i've done my part you take it from here right so one of the things this doctor was saying is that for some time now people has have been blaming autism and all of these deficiencies um or mutations on vaccinations right but she said it actually starts at the conception of the baby when the egg and the sperm meet. Usually, if the mother or the father mm-hmm. have extremely unhealthy health habits, like, mm-hmm. of course, drinking and smoking, but then a horrible diet, sedentary lifestyle, maybe they have some type of chronic disease. Right. The mutation of the the sperm and the egg happens right there at conception. Wow. You give your baby autism based wow. on your lifestyle habits. Which which makes a lot more sense than a vaccination because, I mean, of course, we can blame it on something. And what I think that does is take the responsibility off of our shoulders. Yeah. Or, you know, and I know ignorance is bliss. And you sometimes, people really don't know and they really do believe it was, you know, the vaccination as I did as well. But once this in- information is introduced to you. What will what will you do with it? You know, right? That's the thing. It's not that you didn't know it, but when you know, now now what? now what are you gonna do? Yeah, I was so shocked by that. So yeah. he came home the other day with like a lemonade, mm-hmm. one like can of lemonade, twelve ounces, <laughs> had like twenty nine grams of sugar, and I'm like, look, mother ever, <laughs> if you ever want a family, <laughs> you listen up and you listen good. <laughs> look at me, buddy. Look I'm at me straight in my eye. <laughs> This sugar is going to stop right now. You are not going to ruin my future family with your defective sperm. Like, I went so in. <laughs> and you wonder why people think that we're crazy. <laughs> because, you, like like you said, we never think about the man and how his sperm no, and how his health impacts the sperm that, you know, catches up with my egg. So, I'm like, listen, if you're not going to do it for you. You're gonna, you're not gonna ruin my kid, cause you never know. Cause once you make the baby, you might have already done the damage. It's just, I'm laughing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. At it was hardcore. The instant application for us, you know, it's like, oh, this does this. Cut it, everybody, cut it out. Well, I don't do it anymore. You, I mean, <laughs> people aren't wired like that. It's like, give me some time to process. This. Right. You're like, listen, listen. Uh, put that lemonade down. Never pick it up again. And here's a list of what else you need not do. <laughs> right. If you want a family. Yeah. I better catch you exercising three times a week. <laughs> I'm gonna check your cholesterol. Cardiorespiratory rate, and, I don't, and, and it's not for you no more. I'm sorry, it's right? Our future. <laughs> right, right. I mean, maybe we will, maybe we won't. But this baby, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bottom so, line. Bottom line. <laughs> and so, if anyone's out there thinking about starting a family, like seriously, take your health seriously now. And it's not just about what you smoke or drink, but it's also about what you eat, how you exercise, and even your stress levels make a major difference. So. That was my way. What? Don't don't try That's me, sir. <laughs> okay. So my way. What? Oh, it's from Facebook. So it's this person that I'm Facebook friends with, and he posts. He's been posting lately all of this, like either or stuff. I mean, you know, like, would you do this or would you do this? Do you prefer this 
or do you prefer that? Okay. We might be talking about the same yeah, person. Yeah, because it annoys me quite a bit. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I was seeing, you know, on his timeline, do you prefer uh, Sonic the Hedgehog or Mario Brothers? Okay. Do you prefer downtown Detroit or downtown Royal Oak? Stuff like that. Okay. And he hit it with, do you prefer Hostess Twinkies or Hostess Cupcake? I'm like, huh? What? Okay, yeah. Okay. okay. So okay. I was like, okay, let me see how people respond. They was going in. What they prefer? I said, okay. Then he hit, this is this is my wait what. He said, do you prefer cherry Kool-Aid, grape Kool-Aid? I said, wait a minute. People still, <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> people don't drink Kool-Aid no more. Say so it ain't so. And, and, and the response was crazy. Oh, I like tropical. No, I mix mine. Grape and lemonade. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I was like, what? what wait, yeah. no. Y'all, y'all all 20 and over like y'all can make your own choices nobody's forcing you to do this like you realize you don't have you don't have to do this nope no people still drinking kool-aid people still out here drinking yes. kool-aid fam i was like 100 percent sugar yep you gonna take this little packet and pour and, and of color dye right of color dye right it's not even real itself and pour sugar in it and drink it and this was like 60, 70 comments. I was like, what? Wait. And they're going back and forth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you don't. But no, no, no. See, I don't even let my son make my Kool-Aid. I got to make my own Kool-Aid. Yeah. But why? Yeah. But why you got to? Yeah. I, yeah, I was outdone. I can't believe somebody would, you know, willingly drink Kool-Aid. Because they would literally have to drag me like they were dragging <laughs> me to my death. Like, no. <laughs> I have a family. Don't do this. <laughs> Yeah, I was outdone. Wow, that's insane. Definitely, at least to me. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry you had to get side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I might have unfriended and blocked him. Like I, I, <laughs> I cannot be associated. No, yeah. People might think I drink Kool Aid. Then where will my credibility lie? Exactly, no. exactly. You get caught commenting on something. <laughs> yeah, because people don't read comments. They just saw your name. Yeah, and... I might have been trying to save people. They see that I said something, then they think. You know, I drink Kool-Aid. You My have to protect your reputation. Yeah, no, no. Wow. So. All right. Well, let's knock the chip off our shoulder and go on with the show. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. And we're back. Okay. So we're deep diving into nutrition today because it is by far the most important component to losing weight, to gaining weight, to getting off of medications, to getting healthy, um, to reducing inflammation, to clearing up your skin, to... Um, reducing your stress like you don't even know how much more your stress is elevated when you eat bad especially when it comes to sugar mm -hmm. so i mean everything you can think of antidepressant anxiety all impacted by nutrition guys so the first thing i want to talk about with regard to nutrition and we're going to deep dive into uh genes and heredity diversifying your plate flushing toxins out of your system and sugar, uh, especially with regard to type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and obesity. So I did a blog post, I think it was this week, our blog post, talking about genes and heredity, and it, it was entitled, It Runs in My Family. Mm -hmm. So often, people complain about their blood pressure being high, or them being obese, or high cholesterol, or diabetes, and one mm -hmm. of the very first things they say is... It runs in my family. It runs in my family. Um, here's, the things about, here's the things about genes and heredity. It's not that it doesn't matter, because it 100% does matter. You can definitely be predisposed to something and have a higher chance of getting it than the next person who is not predisposed right. to it. 
But what's most important to note about genes is that your lifestyle habits determine which genes are going to express themselves. Right. So it's really, really, we can't keep using heredity and genes as an excuse. Right. Um, because without fail, if you ask someone with high blood pressure and who has high blood pressure that runs in their family, what their diet looks like, how often they exercise, if you look at them or you take their BMI and they have excess weight on them, Without fail, some of those things, if not all of them, are going to be present along with the high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. So if you have a clean diet, you exercise regularly, you're healthy weight, you have low stress levels, you're getting fresh air and clean water um, on a regular basis, but high blood pressure runs in your family, I promise you, you won't have high blood pressure. I definitely agree. And 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 you can see that in the physical sense, too. Well, you don't necessarily have to take someone's blood pressure. You don't necessarily have to to check to see what chronic illnesses they have. If you take a family together and you look at them, their weight usually um, reflects off of one another. Yes. So usually, if most people in your family are tend to be small, then like if your mother and your father are pretty much small and they're or if they're active, you're pretty much going to look the same way. If your mother and father, sister and brother are overweight you typically would look the same way just like smoking if they if you're the people around you smoke and it the same thing goes with chronic illnesses smoking the habit of smoking isn't just passed down it's food choices as well Mm -hmm. that directly uh, go correlate with the chronic illnesses that you may occur definitely um let's let's take it out of a health example think about somebody who's a lawyer Mm -hmm. and they say lawyers run in my family My dad was a lawyer. Mm -hmm. My mom is a lawyer. My granddad was a lawyer. My aunt is a lawyer, right? Very true. I became a lawyer. Mm -hmm. You didn't just become a lawyer. You had to do the things. You modeled modeled the behavior that it took to become a lawyer, Mm -hmm. right? And so the exact same thing applies to your health or to your diabetes. You didn't just get diabetes because it ran in your family. You modeled the behavior that causes diabetes. So, yes, you may be predisposed for something, but more often than not, what causes you to get that chronic illness or that chronic disease is the behaviors that causes it. That runs in your family along with the diabetes. So if you know you're predisposed for something, even more reason why you should be more adamant about maintaining a clean diet and a healthy exercise regimen. Yeah, and what I like to say to to people that say that to me, I put all the pressure on their shoulders. Like, you can actually change the whole trajectory of your family's uh, health if you decide. That's where evolution comes into play. We used to walk around hairy as ever because we used to have to protect our skin from the, the elements, the natural elements. But once we started building buildings and things like that, and we didn't need that so much, we started having less hair on our bodies. Mm -hmm. So we can adapt and change with evolution. So you can begin that. You can start saying, I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to do this. And then your kids will do that. And then their kids. And then 20 years from now, people in your family will be saying, what chronic illness? They would never have even heard of those things running in your family. So although, yeah, you may be predisposed to it, but you can change the dynamics of your health the health of your family with starting with yourself. Yep. You sure can. 
You sure can. And it's all about taking responsibility. I think that's what a, the biggest issue is. Just owning that I I do what I'm bad things. Like, I, I don't have great habits. Because a lot of people lead with it runs in my family. Oh, one thing I've been practicing. One thing I've been... I've been practicing this for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking to someone about it today. Is once someone or yourself notices something about you, let it in right there. So if I say to you, Lisa... I think you, um, when you're around me, I don't like cursing. You curse around me too much. Mm-hmm. Your answer, okay. Mm-hmm. Most people will say, I know I do that, but, or, but this is the reason. And instead of just saying, okay, and even if it's not something you will change, just just think about it. Let it marinate for me. Decide if you are going to change that or not. Mm-hmm. But the first thing people do, instead of thinking about it, mm-hmm. is they make a reason why they do it. Or deflect. Or yep. deflect. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, okay, even if you come later and say, I don't think that that will work for me at least. <laughs> at least, think, you know, because you'll be like, yo, that's what I do. Right. <laughs> right. But at least, you know, think about it. You know, as you told me in another country, they don't even have the word try. Mm-hmm. It's either I will do it or I won't do it. Mm-hmm. I will not try or it's not, it's too hard and things like that. Right. That is, that is almost, um, you know, a part of our environment, a part of our culture to, to all automatically make excuses oh, yeah. as to why we can't do things. And avoid responsibility. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's a cultural thing. It is a cultural thing. I totally agree. I totally agree. So <clears throat> let's talk about really quickly diabetes then okay. since we're on that, because that's one of the things that is the most prevalent in our community. Um, and we're going to touch on type one and type two. I'll touch on type two really quickly. Most individuals know that type two diabetes is typically caused by excess weight on your body. Although there are thinner people who have type two diabetes, but mm-hmm. it's most prevalent in people who are overweight, right? And it's your body rejecting insulin, right? right. So you eat sugar and your pancreas pumps out the insulin and your body, you know, your insulin cannot get to that sugar to let it into the cells in your body and so you then your blood sugar levels rise and you have to either take medication or really 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 be super strict about your diet to avoid these high blood sugar levels and this type 2 diabetes the reason the insulin that your pancreas pumps cannot get to your cells is because fat is in the way the fatty cells are in the way the fat deposits that are in your body are in the way um, and stopping the insulin from getting to the sugar so it can break down and metabolize the sugar. So if you're overweight, and, and, and be clear that, let me just touch really quickly on thin people. There's something called TOFI, T-O-F-I, which just means thin on the outside, fat on the inside. Because a lot of people like to ask, well, what about thin people with type 2 diabetes? Thin people with type 2 diabetes n- typically are overweight in a thin way meaning their their body fat percentage is higher than their muscle skinny fat just, just skinny that's fat what we call them. that's the mod, okay. you know the slang term is skinny fat skinny fat so they have a high amount of fat in their bodies which and so the same thing is happening the insulin is coming out but it can't get to the sugar to metabolize it because of the fat cells so type 2 diabetes is amazing to me because it's so avoidable it really is it's so avoidable it's avoidable as an adult, but unfortunately, the numbers are going up with children, and they can't avoid it because mm. they're not buying the groceries. So it's avoidable 
if you have access to your own money and access to your own car and you can make your own choices. So the decisions you make, you also making it for your family. Good point. And that's why chronic illness runs in my family. Yep. That is a so good point. And what's even crazier about, you know, you making the decisions and you're feeding your kids all this stuff is that when you as the parent or the adult decide to get healthy, how often have you seen this? They continue to buy the junk for their kids. But then they stop eating it themselves. Yeah, oh, that's for my kids. Like, oh. Right, right. I, I buy that cereal for my kids and my husband, but I don't eat it. I have snacks and stuff, but that's for the kids. That's for my husband. They like those things, but I don't eat it. And all you're doing is setting them up to be in the exact same position you're in in a few years. Mm-hmm. I, I believe one of the reasons why people don't try to change their children's diet or their husband's diet is the amount of resistance that their kids will put up, their husbands will put up. But the thing about it is everything that you try to teach your child that is new, they they put up resistance. When they first were trying to learn, they did not want to walk. They wanted to keep crawling. It was faster. But you believe walking is important. When they uh, want to lay in the bed in, on the school day, you would not let them lay in the bed because school is important. When you came to potty training them, they would prefer to keep on their diaper, but you kept going because you feel like a child should not keep on a diaper past two or past three. The same thing goes with nutrition, with health. You put up that same fight because it's important. If you say my kid likes to eat fruity pebbles, it's because you don't value nutrition. It is simple as that. When you find value in it, you will fight the good fight for your children unless you don't feel that it's worth it. Mm, preach. Okay. 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 Yeah. I'm gonna pass the mic back. That to was you. mic dropping. <laughs> yes. I mean that was a very good point. Yeah. We. I don't want to argue with them. I don't. So I'll just give them yeah. what they want. No, they don't like. They don't like vegetables. Right. And then you're right. That it's time to check the value system. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's some things that you are just not gonna tolerate. Mm-hmm. And you have to get to that point with yourself as well as your family. And sometimes I think there's a bit of, bit of guilt tied to it too because you haven't perfected it yourself. And so you know how hard you fight. Yeah. You know? Definitely. So I think sometimes, I mean, there's a lot of factors. But guys, with your families, with your spouses, it, it's not okay for them. Just because maybe you have 50 or 60 pounds to lose, but your husband is a healthy weight, your kids are a healthy weight, it's not just weight. It's not just weight. So the guy asked me the other day in the gym, why are you here? He said, you already have a nice body. Why are you here? Yeah, and that's how shallow our mindsets are. I wasn't mad at him because most people see the gym as just a way to look aesthetically. And I'm like, wait. You made it. Yeah. room for us. Yeah. He's like, why are you here? And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm fighting the fight with you. Like, I know the value in exercise beyond my waistline or my butt or my thighs. Right. So I get, you know, it's an education piece and it's a value system piece. Yeah. Real quickly, talk about type 1 diabetes because I know you have people in your family and people yeah. who are really close to you who have type 1. And a lot of people feel look at that as just like a lost cause. Type 1 is def- most definitely not a lost cause. Type 1 definitely is harder to manage. And the reason type 1 is harder to manage is because the fluctuation of your, your level. You can control uh, type 2 better. So Normally, what is type 1? What does it mean? Type 1 is your insulin dependent. Your pancreas basically does not work. It will not do its job. So the your difference, insul- yeah. type 2, you make it. Yeah, but it's not 
it's not on the level that ours. Ours is working properly all day. So anything we eat, that insulin comes out mm -hmm. and it, it neutralizes it. It if keeps no it level. Way, yeah, it, it keeps can get it level. To the sugar. Right. Type one doesn't even make the insulin. Doesn't even make the insulin okay. at all. Okay. So this is the most important thing I want people to understand. If you don't understand anything else about type one, is to you have to regulate your own sugar by food. A lot of people think to just avoid sugar, but that's not the case because carbohydrates will break down and then that will become sugar and now your sugar levels is going up and down. So the best thing to do is eat healthier and eat vegetables, things that don't spike your levels up. And things that are high in fiber and, so the sugar drips slowly and not like a rush, like a candy bar. Right, and that's why a lot of people with type 1 uh, diabetes have, have bad kidneys have things like that because now that your levels are going up, they're going down, they're going up, they're going down because normally what people with type 1 diabetes will do is when their sugar spikes, they run and get that insulin. So it went up high, it's 3,400 um, at 3,400 level and then they bring it down. Now it's like 100, right? They bring it down with the insulin. They bring it the down with the insulin. insulin. Right. Okay. Then they eat again, may, maybe even miss a meal. It may go low. It may go to 60, 70. Okay. Then they eat something that goes back up to 400, 300. Then they take the insulin and it goes to 100. So all these spikes and all these ups and downs, now it's throwing off all of the things in your body, your kidneys and your liver and, and your eyes. And all these things are going out of whack. It's like, what's going on? These things are spiking, going up and down. And that's why eating something that will keep your levels under control, such as Things, like you said, that doesn't have a lot of fiber, that doesn't have a lot of sugar, that doesn't have a lot of fat, and things like that will keep it more level. The goal is trying to keep it to a cl as close to like 107 or 115, I forget the exact number, um, as possible. Mm -hmm. So that's the goal of type 1 diabetes. So although it's a chronic illness, it's... it's um, you can't heal type 1 diabetes as of yet. Mm -hmm. They are looking for a cure, but you can't control it. And exercise exercise is one of those things that type 1 uh, diabetics struggle with because when you do exercise, it does spike your levels. Mm -hmm. But it's all about managing it, eating something, the right thing before you go, and eating the right thing when you get back. It is work, but you are definitely worth it. You definitely can manage it. Because what you don't want to happen is that you have this so long and it's damaged your eyes, your kidneys, it's damaged, you know, your, all these, and now you're on dialysis. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you watch what you eat and try to keep it on that, you know, as close to the same level consistently all day, then you have a better chance at fighting type one. So a high fiber diet is good, correct? I wouldn't say a high fiber diet. Um, I, I would say because okay, so di diabetes, they have a um, a manual, is that what's called a handbook, mm -hmm. and and it and it follows the same. This is the this is the thing, a diabetic diaper. I mean diaper. <laughs> I have kids, y'all. I have a nephew, y'all. I've been changing diapers all weekend. Oh, I went to Kalahari this weekend to have fun, so I was changing his diaper. Anyway, a diabetic <laughs> diet diet. Um. It's, it's similar to our diet. It's it's not this crazy, oh, you got to eat seeds all day and you have to eat um, all this crazy. It's so similar to our diet. It's what you should be doing anyway. You know, it's, it's nothing, nothing special. It's nothing it's special. Whole foods, plants. Yeah. 
lean meats. Yeah, because we have to regulate our sugar too. That's why we eat four to, si- four to six meals. We have to regulate our fat and our carbohydrates just, just like they do. But the only difference between us and them is that it's more vital that you do this. Mm-hmm. You have consequences that will directly affect you that day if mm-hmm. you don't do it. But the diet is not that different. Mm. Okay. All right. There it is. I mean, diabetes is it's taking over our community, especially the black community. And <laughs> you're like, listen, it's, listen PSA. <laughs> it's because it, it's insane how many people and how prevalent it is, and how so many of us like. There's no, not even any shame. You know how? Why is there shame in saying you have AIDS but not we diabetes? Talked about that, did we? Yeah, I don't remember. Go. <laughs> I mean. We talked about everything. So yes, what am I talking that's about? That's true. That's true. Let's talk about what we talked about this week. Right. So, but there's there's shame in saying I have AIDS, right? Mm-hmm. There's shame in saying I have a STD, a sexually transmitted disease. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no shame in oh, saying I'm I have diabetes any. or high cholesterol or high blood pressure or heart disease, yeah. right? Because it's so common. Because it's so common. And it's so accepted. And it's not taboo. It's and not. you won't get shunned. Nope. And, and you, will, you will, matter of fact, you will fit in in a lot of places, in the especially in the black community. Right. And you and you get to kind of be a victim kind if you of. have it. Right. Because yeah. you can baby yourself. You can like you mentioned the exercise. I my God, I be I gotta be careful. I gotta be safe. And so and then you have the crutch of the synthetic insulin. I can eat this. All I have to do is get my insulin and that'll regulate my blood sugar versus Oh, you know what I was thinking about in class today, and I felt really bad about thinking it. But I was just like, I wonder what would happen if there were no medications. Like they just didn't ex- Like the doctor, you went to a doctor, and they're like, "You have this chronic illness." Oh, the only way to would have jobs because they would have to like be getting like bodies from like <laughs> off the streets. <laughs> Like this person just collapsed. You think it'll be more people in the gym and eating right in the grocery store? I don't know. I didn't. Oh, I didn't. No, my thought no didn't go that far. But I was thinking about what if we didn't had a crutch of medications? Oh, girl, be, say goodbye to a lot of people. That's all I can tell you. Really? Say goodbye to. I just had a conversation with a loved one just yesterday. Looked him dead in his eye and pleaded with him to to like the writing is on the wall. You are going to cut your life short if you don't change your diet. Everything that you're experiencing right now is because of what you are consuming. Oh. And this person looked me right back in the eye and said, you don't understand, it's hard. That was the answer. I said, you can be in a whole different place right now next year if you change your diet, your quality of life. This one you have right now will be non-existent. You don't understand, it's hard. That was the answer. What makes people think we don't understand? Just like a young lady told me yesterday when she asked me how much weight I lost and I told her 65 pounds and she rolled her eyes and smacked her lips like, oh. You know why? Because you don't have as much to lose or you didn't lose as much as I have to lose so you don't get it. You don't, it's. No, it's just that we're not chronic complainers. We're not, oh, I gotta eat this. Oh, God, I hate this, but I gotta do what I, we make, we make it seem like we just absolutely love to do it. They don't even understand how I still, still crave pizza. Every time I see somebody with a pizza, I literally want to snatch it out their hands. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. And I can eat french fries every day. Oh, onion rings, please. Come on what? now. But it's the... It's hard sometimes. It really is hard sometimes. Yeah, so... Uh, okay, we can move on. All right, we, <laughs> we're going to go on a tangent. Okay. And yeah, clearly... Yeah, clear. yeah focus, focus, so, focus. But, I mean, we guys, we get that it's hard. We know that it's hard. You don't have to tell us that part. But like you said, Jay... 
So it's being sick. Like, why why is sick deemed to be easier than getting healthy? Okay. Why is it easy to be sick? The reason why being sick is easier is because we adjust our lifestyle around being sick. So it now becomes our crutch. It becomes our excuse. It becomes the thing, oh, I can't go to this party because of that. I can't go to school because of this. I can't pick up the kids because of this. Now it's, it's not only are you sick, but it's like... You have this this big excuse that you can use at any given time. It's like a get out of jail free card to yourself. Okay. To yourself. So it's like to actually do something about this would actually change my identity and who I am. Mm. So yeah, people rely on their sickness. It's almost like their partner. Like they're, you know how people are married to somebody and they can't go anywhere without them. Mm. They feel, you know, lost and who am I without? People t- treat illnesses like that. I never leave home without my diabetes. <laughs> I can't stand you. You childish. Anyway, what's the next thing on the list? I can't. I cannot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about. Let's talk about diversity. Let's talk about diversifying your plate. Because. <laughs> stop. 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 You always get me like that. We be on some deep stuff, and then you just throw something in there. Like what? Ma'am, you got to laugh to stop from crying. Ma'am, we literally need for you to get your whole life, (laughs) all of it, all of it. All right. Okay. Let's let's uh, talk really quickly about diversity in um, your diet because you know so many people, especially people who eat healthy. This is important. Yeah. People who eat healthy think. They're killing the game because Murdered the game. I don't eat fried foods. I don't eat out often, Lisa. Nope, I don't smother my food in broccoli and salt and oil. Um, I have my baked fish. I do my vet my with the side salad at night, mm-hmm. and that's what I like. On Sundays, I make my greens and I and I bake me some chicken. Yes. and you know I have you know my green smoothies in the morning. I always have me a piece of fruit for a snack, and I like my nuts, right? Mm-hmm. And their weeks look the same. Their weekends look the same, and they eat the same thing over and over, right? Mm -hmm. People who eat unhealthy. Same thing. Same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because when people talk to us sometimes about cleaning up their diet, the first thing they say, especially when we tell them that we're plant-based, is, oh, I can't eat the same thing over and over again. I'm like, well, you do. You do, though. You do. Yeah, you like the same burgers. You eat the same thing over and over. Or whatever it is. Right. People are under the impression um, that their diet is really, really, you know, diverse. But the thing is, you, you're thinking about what you have access to versus about what you really do. Right. So you feel like I have access to everything right now because there's nothing that I don't say no to. But in reality, what you have access to and what you actually eat are two different things. Mm-hmm. And you typically eat the same thing over and For over sure. and over again. And so the importance of a diversifying your diet. Are you on any vitamins? No, I'm not on any vitamins. I have, do take um, B12 and I do take iron. Okay. and But you're anemic. I, you know what? I don't know. I just continue to take it because I was told I was anemic. But when you stop taking it, what happens? I don't feel good. Right. I don't feel good. Okay, so you have adverse effects. Now, here's the question. Do you think... Can you, can you get addicted to, like, an iron supplement? Like, your body physiologically, not, like, mentally, but... Oh, I was just about to say, sure, go off into a whole tent. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> I've never heard of someone being addicted to iron pills. Right. Day in my life. Okay, because sometimes it's like, 
you stop taking something and is it your body adjusting to you just stopping taking that or is it really the low iron that's affecting you yeah i definitely think iron is one of those things that your body will not have like the uh i don't know if you would call them cravings or whatever it is physically like like something else so i you know when i stop taking my iron pills i don't feel anything i don't feel any different the only time i feel different is when my iron has gotten back low okay you know do you follow me on that yep okay so that's good okay so many people take supplements whether it be vitamin d vitamin c fish oil omega-3s iron like multivitamins Mm -hmm. they are so prevalent right and it's a billion dollar industry supplements protein even there's a it's a billion dollar industry and if you were to ask someone why are they taking this how many times have you ever heard i have a true deficiency that's been identified by a doctor never 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 they they have done a remarkable job on um marketing you know vitamins and supplements as if you need them mm-hmm. they, they have done a remarkable job with that so if i didn't know any better i would think take take a you know once a woman's once a day yeah for sure just because so, mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely understandable it is vitamin b coq10 like everything people are just taking supplements without knowing exactly why they're taking it and sometimes individuals don't even know what that particular vitamin does for your body why you need it but let's talk about the difference between a pill and a meal. <laughs> I just want you guys to know she looked at me really proudly as if she just nailed it. Like that was I just like thought of bars. That. No, no, ma'am. Okay, let's talk about the difference. So it's just like my corn but I am lame. Wow. Okay. Who knew? Okay. So the difference between getting your vitamin C from an orange or a bunch of spinach versus a peel. Anytime a vitamin, mineral, any type of nutrient is extracted from its original form, processed and isolated and concentrated in a lab. Concentrated means it's a high amount of it. So concentrated and put into peel form. It Once it's taken from its natural environment and you interrupt or you disrupt the complexities of the chemistry makeup, you are significantly reducing the effectiveness of that supplement, if that makes sense. So if you were to get vitamin C from kale or spinach, you know, in its complex form with all the protein and all the other vitamins, A, D, and E, and all everything else that it comes with, the way it... Um, syncs with your body the synergy between your body and that vitamin from that plant is is how it's made to be consumed Mm -hmm. right so when you extract it and isolate it and then maybe you even try and pair it with other vitamins like in a multivitamin oftentimes our body cannot even process it 80 to 90 percent of the time it's turned into waste you're not even getting as much of that vitamin as you think you are Mm -hmm. and i've heard this from many many doctors that i follow in the plant-based world i'm not just making this up guys vitamins and minerals and all nutrients are made made to be consumed in their complex formula the way they originate from the earth they are not meant to be taken in a male man-made peel form so unless a true deficiency has been identified you should not be taking supplements how do you make sure that you get all the vitamins and nutrients that you need from your diet? You have to diversify your plate. Whether you wear a proud badge of a healthy eater or if you're not such a healthy eater, 
both of you, what you have in common is that you both eat the same things over and over again, more than likely. When's the last time you went to the grocery store, went to the market and picked up something new that you never tried? We're, we've all been guilty of just going to our regulars, right? Mm-hmm. What's our regulars? Onions. Oh, green peppers. Potatoes. Bananas, sweet, but Oh, yeah, sweet potatoes. Spinach. Eggplant. Kale. Oh, what do I have now? Beans, of course. Beans. Black beans. Mushrooms. Right, brown rice. Yep, our regulars. Quinoa. Quinoa, yeah. right. So, um, if you're not going in that store like, wow, what's this squash? I've never had this before. What's this rutabaga? What's this turnip? Have you doing yellow beets and red beets? Like, wh- are you trying new things on a regular and consistent basis and incorporating those things into your dietary regimen? Because that is how you make sure that you don't need a multivitamin or you don't need some type of supplement. You're eating the same thing over and over again. And it's, it's, it's something to be proud of if you are eating healthy, but you cannot be that repetitious because yesterday when I was speaking, a young lady in the audience asked me, can you give me a list of whole foods to eat? And I'm like, I can't. There's thousands. She's like, can you give me a list of what to eat? I'm like, unfortunately, we don't do that at Professionally Fit because what happens is people get... People keep getting it and getting it and getting it. Yeah, it'll probably be 10 pages long. You get boxed in. A lot of times when we think about eating healthy, we think about eating the same things over and over again because we only think about 10 foods and now I can only eat these things. And I'm like, you have no idea how diverse food is. But here's the thing. So when I first started eating healthy, I ate the same exact thing maybe for like 30 to 60 days me too i had oatmeal I every morning oatmeal every morning yep. i ate um these like be- beans on a on a le- big leaf because i wasn't eating no like, i ate the same thing and what it did was i did lose a lot of weight so i i definitely understand why someone would do that because you can't really think about diversity and you're trying to think about just losing this weight Mm -hmm. so maybe who we're speaking to are we speaking to the people who have already quote unquote made it are you telling the beginners when you start this journey think about eating things not the same things every day diversifying your plate yes but there's a start yeah i do believe that i do from the start um, but there's a way to do it so it's not overwhelming. Okay. So I have two suggestions. But yes, I don't even think you should start off creating the habit of eating the same thing over and over again. Because okay. there's there's small ways to diversify without feeling... Like you can still have your green smoothie every morning. But mm-hmm. maybe this time you put a different type of vegetable in it that you've never had. Like instead of kale today, maybe you will put um, Swiss chard in it. That's not that big of a deal. Still raw. You're cutting up a leafy green. Like sometimes people think about, oh my God, I got to go online and find a recipe and I have to do this. I'm you don't even have to get that deep with it. There's ways to incorporate diversity in your diet without feeling overwhelmed or, you know, bogged right, down. So one of the things we suggest at Professionally Fit is um, trying one new thing a week. This week, me, myself, I tried red bananas for the first time. Not that big of a deal. I just picked up the red bananas that was next to the yellow bananas. Don't require any cooking. I ate one as soon as I got in the car. Side note, they taste exactly the same, but maybe I got something different out of it. And now I'm going to incorporate red bananas into my regimen too. So it doesn't have to be overwhelming. So we encourage our clients to try one new uh, thing a week, maybe whether it's a piece of produce, whether it's a whole grain, try one new thing a week. And then another great way to try new things if you're into cooking Um, is to subscribe to one of these food boxes. So like Blue Apron or Green Chef. So for example, a client sent me an invitation to try Green Chef and Green Chef has a vegan 
options. So I tried Green Chef uh, just, and I got my first box this week, which was amazing. So I got three new recipes, and I actually have tried three new types of foods because of Green Chef. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. So they send you all the food. They send you, they're already pre-portioned out, and you have the recipe, and you just make it, and it tells you exactly how to cook it. Because sometimes with people, they're like, I want to try these things, Lisa, but I've never made Swiss chard before. I've never made dandelion greens. I have no yeah, idea. Or the grocery store that they go to, they don't even carry it. Right. Yeah. So one of these food boxes is another way to try new things where it comes with the exact instructions on what to do. But, and, you know, get uncomfortable. Like, it's not always going to be easy. Just, you know, look it up real quick. How do I make this particular acorn squash? Because I'm always buying yellow squash. How do I make acorn squash? Do a quick Google search. It's typically very, very easy. Most vegetables and fruits you either eat raw or you roast. It's not going to be some culinary delight that's going to take you <laughs> beyond your comfort zone. It, it's actually your mindset that's making it more complicated than it has to be. So if you want to avoid, avoid deficiencies and, you know, get your money back with all these vitamins and multivitamins, it's not worth the investment. I don't care how fancy they are I don't care how expensive they are nothing will ever trump what you get from eating whole foods the way they come from the earth I don't care how they're packaged I don't care who's promoting them if it's man-made if it's an appeal form a powder form it is not potent and it's not um, as beneficial to you as it would be if it's just coming from your plate from the earth yeah absolutely um you know, I always try to think about when I first started to to kind of not get too far gone. You know how somebody becomes a millionaire and they just can't relate to when they was broke? Like, how you just can't afford this Louis luggage? Like, what? <laughs> it only costs 5 G. So I try to, you know what I'm saying? I try to, you know, remember those things. Because I, I honestly, I still remember when I was eating off the dollar menu with Wendy's the gangster junior cheeseburgers with wow. the extra onions Ooh. man i was hitting them boys like at least four times a week Ooh. i'm talking about extra oh and value fries with the honey mustard dip what what yeah oh yeah that happened that went down. And, and on top of that years later i'm still like if i just had a free day a free day we gotta man, do that if you had I a would, free day would man, no matter what you ate wouldn't affect your health and you would have no and i wouldn't effects. get sick I think I, I wouldn't even go fancy. I think I hit that junior. No, you wouldn't. Junior, I swear. If you had a free day, you'd be straight at Wendy's. I don't McDonald's, know. McDonald's, what was it? No, nah, Wendy's. <laughs> man, I'm telling you. You have no idea. On my free day, I would go get pizza, oh, yeah. donuts, and french fries. And i drink a pop. You'd drink pop? i drink a pop on a free day. <laughs> Maybe i hit that Kool-Aid. Maybe. No, I'm joking. I do that. You want to do Kool-Aid on a free day? Nah. You would never get sick. You would never. I mean, it's just you get like maybe 12 Ooh, hours. Oh, that blue Kool-Aid. Look, maybe I was hating this whole time. Maybe. I never really liked the taste of nothing blue. It maybe. always got like an aftertaste. Nah. Nah. Blue. That blue Kool-Aid did used to be good. I'm sorry, everybody who enjoyed <laughs> they, talking about their favorite flavors. Maybe I'm just jealous. I don't know. But, a free um, day. Wow. Yeah, but I do like to bring it oh, back. Oh, I probably eat a steak too. You eat a steak? On a free day, yeah. You just you just grimy out here with the, with the oh, free yeah. day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I ain't reckless with the free day. Like I'm just gonna borderline lose my life if 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 it if it turns out the free day is a mistake. Right. Right. Like why are you laying on the side of the road free day? They told me it was a free day. 
I sprinkle steak on my pizza. Wait, what? Right. With a side of donuts. Don't judge me. Just, just rush me to the ER. Right. Take me to the nearest physician. <laughs> so don't, you know, guys, don't think we're that far out. Like, we don't, man, please. Like she said, I would have all, everything. Give me give me a little bit of everything. That's what I would do. Yeah. All that. Yeah. All for that. sure. So when we give you suggestions, it's, it's not coming from a place that, you know, we like Louis Luggage place. We ain't no, coming from a, that. We definitely place, no. uh, can relate to the struggle. So when we when you say it's hard or I don't want to give this up or I don't want to do that, trust me, we know. It's a, I do a lot of things that I don't want to do. Everything is not done with joy and glee. Everything is not, it's, it's just a bottom line to this health thing. That's why only a certain amount of people can get it and understand it and stick to it because it takes a level of understanding. It takes a level of commitment and you can't straddle the fence that much. You can't be over here one day eating chili cheese dogs, french fries and onion rings and then say, okay, I'm going to work on my health tomorrow. It, it takes kind of like a full on commitment and we're just trying to get you to the mindset to understand that. So we want to give you options, you know, you know, eat the the greens also you know drink the smoothies but here's how you can have a uh, a menu that you can like and enjoy eating healthy can be fun you just have to get the recipes and like she said what's the name of that restaurant oh not restaurant the, the food oh. box yeah the food box green chef or blue apron there's several of them now i think there's even yeah. one called plated too there's several of yeah, them yeah so it's things like that you know resources like that to, to make the journey just a little bit more simple for you yep absolutely i just changed my free day though you just changed the game with that uh, chili cheese dog if I, oh, a, <laughs> if I had a free day, man, listen, I would definitely get Coney Island. Oh, I you know what I do? Chili cheese fries. Bam! Listen, you know what? I, I get an ice tray and I'll pour pop in it. No, you wouldn't. I have pop, like uh, freeze ice. Yep, pop cubes. Yep, pop cubes. I ain't never even heard of that. You gonna make up some on your free day? Yeah. No, I'm going back to the regulars. I ain't got time to waste. <laughs> man, <I'm> like, <laughs> right? It don't turn out right. Right. Like, and you gotta wait for it to freeze. You fooling? No, you know, because you know, you know, free day gonna be impromptu. You're not gonna know what's coming. Oh, it's you can't just gonna be a universal announcement, and you and you just got to run out and get it done. Wow. Yeah. I can imagine us looking for each other in the crowd. It's free day. It's free day. <laughs> no diabetes. No high cholesterol. No cancer. Eat whatever you want. <laughs> what? Yeah. It'll be a madhouse. For sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Wake up in the next day. Oh, and you can't remember it the next day because you will feel guilty. Oh, look into the light. What's that movie? Man in Black, where they make you look into the light oh, and, yeah, and yeah. erase your memory? Erase my memory. I don't want to remember the, the, the things that I've done to my body. I don't I, know if I want to forget it, actually. Oh, because it can carry you to the next freedom. Maybe. Like the, the memory of the... I don't know. I don't know about the race and the memory. On well, next, ne- next podcast, we'll okay, know. Okay, okay. All right. Sure. Finally, finally, let's. I do want to speak really, really quickly about uh, sugar and flushing toxins. Really quickly, a lot of people ask about detoxing and mm-hmm. how to jumpstart, you know, a healthy regimen. And I just want to remind you guys that the best way to flush your system is water by far. You don't have to do any fancy ten or seven day juice cleanse. Um, you don't have to take any fancy peel. They have whole detox packets now. There's one that Steve Harvey promotes that just really annoys me. Every morning he promotes this detox thing called herb. I can't even remember what it's called. But I, and I just be thinking to myself, what nonsense. It's just, listen, just water. That's all you need. And you need fiber, right? Fiber is what keeps you regular. It's what helps push those toxins through your body. And then for the super hard to move toxins, you can take things like aloe vera and chia seeds. 
seeds when those when aloe vera and chia seeds gets wet it turns into like a gel like consistency that binds to the hard to move toxins in your body and pushes them through the thing about detoxing is that at that point you then need to maintain the cleanliness a lot of us detox to retox right. and that's there's no point in that so you detox by simply stop putting the toxins in your body because eventually they're going to move out with this new healthy way of eating you have with the plants and the veg and the um, whole grains that are going to keep you keep you regular and flush you out. So there's no need to invest in some fancy product. You don't even need fancy water. You can get alkaline-induced water if you want. But guys, if all you can afford is regular filtered water, just get it done. Half your body weight in ounces of water is how much you should be drinking per day. And that's the best way to detox. To detox your blood, you need foods that are high in chlorophyll. Chlorophyll is just the green color that plants have. Plants are green because of something called chlorophyll. Please stop buying chlorophyll supplements. You do not need to buy chlorophyll. You need to eat the plants, okay? That goes right back to what we talked about as far as supplements. Eat the plants. Chlorophyll is what literally cleans your blood. So that's how you detox. There's no need to um, buy all these fancy products. There's no need to not chew food for 10 days. No, no juice cleanse or smoothie. You have to chew your food. It's essential that you chew your food. And finally, sugar. Jay, how'd you get over sugar? Because you had a major sugar addiction with oh, pop man. and... Um, just a 30-day challenge. I no sugar. So you went clean for 30 days? I went days? clean, but it wasn't just the obvious sugar. It was sugar in anything. No sugar in my pasta. No sugar in anything. Okay. I read the label on everything. I didn't eat any of the obvious sugar, of course, like candy bars, cookies, or donuts. But then I took sugar out of anything I touched. I don't care if it had sugar in the bread, in the pasta sauce, crack. Nothing could have sugar. And so after the 30 days, when I could have sugar again, I tried to eat something that had it. I got so dizzy. Yep. My yep. body was like, oh, no, ma'am. Yep. No, nah, we can't do this no more. Right. And so after that, I kind of was, I couldn't handle it no more. So I didn't crave it anymore. Mm. Yeah. So that, that was the end of my sugar. <laughs> right. Right there. You crave what you consume. I can't say it enough. The more you consume it, the more you're going to crave it. So you can do this whole reduction method that we do. I've went down. At least I only eat a little bit. I don't eat as much as I used to. And I'm not saying... That is not a non-scale victory because it is. That is something to be truly proud of. But what happens is that we typically stay on that level for eternity. Yeah. I've reduced it. And now, you know, you've went from from two pops to one pop a day. And now you're just on one pop a day for months. No, you, the, the, the name of the game is to continue to push down to zero. Continue to push until you're uncomfortable because once you get that stuff out of your system, you will stop craving it. Your body, you'll have physiologically physiological effects if you try and reintroduce it. And that's your body telling you, hey, we don't like this. This is toxic. This is poison. Don't give us this. Our bodies are in a constant state of trying to repair the damage that we do to it on a daily basis. We literally are fighting our bodies and our bodies are always trying to correct the damage that we put in it, that we do to it. Um, whether, you know, it be drugs, whether it be alcohol and most of all food. And so we're, why put your body through that, through all that work? Right. And we know sugar is the hardest things to give up. But like Jay said, even if you're not a cookie cake pie person, a candy person, a pop person, pray you're not a Kool-Aid person. But... <laughs> You have to be super mindful, guys, of the sugar that's added to your everyday foods. 
your salad dressings, your pasta sauces. Mm -hmm. Those are the real culprits, right? Because you think you don't have a sugar addiction if you've been able to give up all the obvious sugar things. But if you're not reading labels, your peanut butter, your all your nut butters, all this stuff has sugar added to it. So you have to read your cereals. Oh my goodness, your cereals. So don't think just because you don't eat donuts and cookies and chips like you used to that you're sugar free. You have to read your label. So the goal is to just avoid labels altogether and eat a whole foods diet so there's no guesswork. Finally, Jay, let's bridge the gap for them. Bridging the gap, guys, is our segment where Jay and I identify the direct correlation between our topic for today and your business as an entrepreneur and or your nine to five as a professional in the corporate world. Listen, as a entrepreneur, why is it extremely important to be mindful of your diet and chronic illness? When you're an entrepreneur, you have no hours right? You work until the job is done. You work until the client is satisfied. You work until the product or the service is produced and completed. So what typically happens, most entrepreneurs start off as eveningpreneurs, right? They have a nine to five during the day and they typically work on their dream or their business at night and the weekends, which means you have even longer days. What also typically happens when your hours and your activity increases that way is that you find yourself having less time to commit to your health and your diet. And so we typically eat out of convenience. We typically eat out of um, cost effectiveness, right? Because now we're pumping more money into the business or we don't eat at all. That cannot happen. If you're starting a business, there is absolutely no room for you to allow your health to fail or take um, a side, a seat aside your business. Do not take pride in working long hours. Do not take pride in starting this company and not having time for anything else. Um, and giving that as your excuse to allow your health to fail for drinking a ton of coffee and caffeine and pops to keep you up late, late nights. It is going to show in everything you do. You know, I had three speaking engagements in the last three days. And I, I'm so self-aware that during each one of those speaking engagements, like I would introduce a topic and we will be talking about it with the audience. And then somebody would ask a question and I would get off a topic. And I remember every single time I was able to recall where we left off, like the exact point where we left off and get right back on topic. And I know for a fact that memory and that recall and being able to conjure up all the facts and everything about whatever I was teaching literally comes from me having a clean diet. My mind and my arteries not being clogged up with plaque and sugar. I don't have brain fog. I don't have I didn't have anxiety before I got in front of the audience. That's nutrition. That's literally nutrition. That is not just me being well-versed or practiced or an excellent speaker. That's me exercising, me being able to come from training three people and then school and then go straight to a speaking engagement and stand up and perform. That's nutrition and health. So know that in your business, the quality of your work is going to be directly impacted by your nutrition. There's no doubt about it. Whether or not you're able to be creative and create content, whether or not you're able to service a client and think of the best and be a great problem solver, that's directly impacted by what you eat and what you put in your body. So as an entrepreneur, your health becomes even more important because as entrepreneurs, 
we only eat what we kill, meaning if we stop working, we oftentimes stop eating, especially if you're a new entrepreneur and you haven't put in place things to make sure that your business can run without you. So if you're still the deciding component on whether or not you get paid in your business, then your health has to be at the top of your priority list because we eat what we kill as entrepreneurs. Yes, so your diet in regards to um, a nine to five or midnights or, you know, whatever shift you may have definitely plays a part in your production. It plays a part in your attention span. Um, It plays a part in everything you do at work. I know everyone has heard of the itis. Okay, the itis is not a real thing. It's something that you created. No, it is a real thing, but it's not supposed to happen. We do. I don't get the itis because the things that I eat give me energy. So when you're at work, let's just say you're working from nine to five. Let's just use that as your work shift. I see a lot of times midday, people they they go down. They're looking tired. They're looking sleepy. They're looking miserable. And instead, when when I eat my lunch, I'm looking more upbeat because the food that I consumed gave me energy. Your food is your help aid. It is not to eliminate, it's not just to eliminate hunger. It's to eliminate hunger. It's to give you energy. It's to give you nutrients. It is to help you, propel you through your day. It's not supposed to bring, if you're eating and consuming food that brings you down, and now you have a shorter attention span. Now your eyes are getting low. Now you don't want to. Now you don't have the same quality of work because now you're slower. You're ready to go home. It's that time. All of a sudden, it's that time of day. You need to pay more attention to what you are consuming. Eat a lunch that will give you energy. You're here nine. Some people nine hours, ten hours, eight hours, whatever the case may be. You know that you're here. You know that you aren't going home. So why not make the best of your day by feeling your absolute best? I don't even know what it feels like anymore to start feeling sleepy after I ate. I couldn't even imagine being stuck somewhere with my all the time, every day, with my lids getting low, wanting to get in the bed. Elephants on your eyelids is what. My, elephants on your eyelids. what my friend used to call it. I got elephants on my eyelids. And that is that strictly from this fattening food with food all these sugar and fat and and things like that doing dragging your body down making you sluggish food should never make you feel sluggish and tired never make you feel sluggish and tired that is not its intention if you think about the food and its intention and what it, it was made for you would understand that it's not okay for your food to do that it's doing the opposite of what it was designed to do so if you think about your lunch if you packed it or if you bought it and you think about the quality of it, and you think about why you're eating it. Are you eating just to not feel hungry, or are you eating it to put the nutrients that you require for your body back into in, into your system? So when you start thinking about the reasons and what you need to get you through your day so you can be at your optimal best performance, that's why nutrition is key to your, to your work environment. No one wants a sleepy uh, employee. Nobody wants a tired employee or or supervisor. It's it's the worst to be a good worker and your supervisor sucks and it's slow and it's never there. Oh, my gosh. I mean, both, you know, some of these people are management positions. Supervisor, a team leader. Yeah. uh, Even if you're at the top and you have people under you. Yes. People are watching. And people are okay at this time. You know he's going to run, or she's going to run, and and go in the right, go and smoke, or disappear for five minutes. So if you're always on your best, you're always on it. You're always on ten. Like I'm 
always on 10, annoyingly so. <laughs> and then I even told someone at work, because she was every day, oh, I'm so sleepy. I said, I'm tired of you being sleepy every day. You need to do something about it. There is no excuse for you to be, now if you had a late night and you partied all night and you got up early, understandable. But every single day you hit this point where you just feel tired and coincidentally it's after you ate, something has to change. Exactly. I agree a thousand percent. Guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. I know we gave you a lot of information, but remember, health is 100% wealth, especially in business. There's the only way to get healthy, to get wealthy is by maintaining your health. Listen, we have an amazing event coming up at Professionally Fit. We're partnering with Lungi Moore of My Girl Squad and Shari J, who is a YouTube hair blogger on April 21st. If you're in Detroit, we'll be at Tech Town. You can go to professionallyfit.co. We're doing an event called Entrepreneuring While Black, where we talk about the state of black hair, the state of black health, and the state of black business. So you do not want to miss this event. Again, that's professionallyfit.co. That's also where you can go to find past episodes of professionally fit radio professionally fit blog released every friday and where you yourself can get professionally fit and work with one of our amazing coaches until next time guys be well peace